and welcome to the EFL preview with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. On a weekend where we saw the uh, great success of the Lionesses in the World Cup semi-finals against Australia, there has also been football in the men's side of the game, and what we traditionally focus on here at the EFL Review. That being said, best of luck to the Lionesses over the weekend. I am, of course, talking mainly about the fixtures that took place in midweek in League One and League Two. As always, we'll be going through all of those matches with the same level of insight, interviews and analysis. But we will also be looking at the weekend's fixtures across all three divisions of the Championship, League One and League Two. So, without further ado, let's jump straight into... League One. And we'll start with Barnsley 1, Peterborough United 3. Peterborough came from behind to win convincingly at Barnsley in League One and maintain their 100% start of the season. After falling behind to a Barry Cotter goal, Posh responded with an impressive second-half performance featuring goals from Hector Kiprianu, Johnson Clark Harris and Kwame Poku. Both sides enjoyed chances in the opening half as Peterborough's Efren Mason Clark threatened early on and forced Liam Roberts into making a save. At the other end, Nicholas Bilakapik was tested by John Russell and Nicky Caden, before Roberts then made an important save, thwarting Randall after he was put through by Kiprianu. The home side took the lead when Cotter sent in a low-driven cross from the right, which found its way into the back of the net. Tyke's goalkeeper Roberts made further fine saves to deny Harry Randall, Poku and Clark Harris, before Peter Brick kick-started their late flurry. It's not Harry Randall, Joel Randall. After 74 minutes, Peter Kiyozu reached the byline and pulled the ball back to Kiprianu, who fired into the top corner of the net. Clark Harris struck two minutes later, netting from close range following Poku's scuffed shot. Poku added a third five minutes from time, firing into the roof of the net after creating space for himself inside the area, as Barnsley tasted defeat for the first time this season. Blackpool nil, Port Vale nil. Blackpool maintained their unbeaten start to life back in League One with a goalless draw against Port Vale at Bloomfield Road. The Chandarines were yet to concede in the league after following up a 2-0 home win against Burton Albion with back-to-back goalless draws against Exeter and Port Vale. It was also a welcome clean sheet on the road for Port Vale after losing 7-0 away to Barnsley on the opening day, but it means they are still without a win from Vale Park since New Year's Day. Former Glover Gavin Massey came closest to halting Vale's away day woes in the first half when he pounced on some laps defending, but his powerful shot flew agonisingly wide. Port Vale enjoyed a positive first half, but at the other end, Sonny Carey saw his effort blocked. Shane Lavery, scorer of both of Blackpool's league goals this season, saw his header tipped away by Vale stopper Connor Ripley in the second half, but the hosts were forced to settle for a point. Bolton Wanderers 3, Fleetwood Town 1. Striker Dion Charles and boss Ian Everett were both sent off for Bolton Wanderers, who continued their 100% start to the League One season with victory over Fleetwood Town, thanks to Victor Boyejo's hat-trick. The game threatened to unravel in the second half as Charles received a second booking after coming together with Cod Army goalkeeper Jay Lynch from referee Tom Neald. Everett's fury saw him in dialogue with the fourth official, and after Fleetwood challenged further raised his ire, Neil duly presented a red card to him just minutes after. Such drama took some of the shine off what was an otherwise dominant and impressive first-half display from the Trotters, who have now scored three goals in each of their last first three games. 
It took just three minutes for the Nigerian to get his first after fine work from Charles and Paris Magoba teamed him up to steer home and a second followed soon after when he turned in Josh Dakras Kogli's first time cross. Adeboyejo had his third before half-time, again meeting a Dakras Kogli delivery to beat Lynch in the visitors' goal, and Charles picked up what would be a crucial yellow, one of eight in a feisty game in stoppage time for a foul. Both sides had goal disallowed in the second half, with Fleetwood's promise a mockery deemed offside, while Adeboyejo was denied a fourth by the same means. The two dismissals had little impact on the result, with Bolton having established control, and Josh Earl's late consolation did little more than deny the hosts a fourth straight clean sheet in all competitions. Cambridge United 1, Stevenage 2. Stevenage continued their perfect start to life in League One with a 2-1 win at Cambridge. Hughes keeper Jack Stevens was called on to push away a Finley Burns header early on, before the visitors took the lead after 27 minutes. A long free kick from goalkeeper Teashby Hammond was flicked on by Carl Piergiani, and Jordan Roberts nipped in to tuck the ball beyond Stevens. Steve Evans's team missed a huge opportunity after 62 minutes when Roberts played sub Jamie Reid through on goal, only for Stevens to produce a fine stop to deny him. It looked like Stevenage might regret that miss 10 minutes from the end when two substitutes combined for Cambridge's equaliser. Fedri Okendabire's shot was heading wide, but was turned in at the back post by Elias Kachunga. Parity was to last just moments though, with Reed making amends for his earlier miss with a superb effort into the far corner from outside the box to win it for Stevenage. Carlisle United won, Wigan Athletic won. Owen Moxon's close-range effort earned winless Carlisle a League One draw at Brunton Park with Wigan, who whittle another point from their minus tally after this season's deduction for off-field financial issues. Moxon lashed home from six yards early in the second period as he cancelled out Charlie White's finish and denied the Latics the opportunity to move within positive points at the foot of the table. Callum Lang, Callum McManaman and Thilo Asgard all went close as Wigan dominated in the early stages. On the half-hour mark, former Carlisle striker Charlie White volleyed against the crossbar. Just four minutes later, Wigan went ahead. A marauding run by Baba Adiko saw him slide the ball through to White, who delightfully dinked his side into the lead. Charlie Hughes saw his towering header rattle on the outside of the post as the visitors sought to double their advantage soon after. After the break, Moxon capitalised on Latics keeper Sam Tickle's mistake and smashed home United's equaliser. Still a fantastic name for a keeper. Buoyed by the goal, United almost went ahead when Ryan Edmondson headed wide after 75 minutes. Lang nearly won the game for Wigan, but failed to connect to a late ball in the box. Charlton Athletic 1, Bristol Rovers 2. Luke McCormick's stoppage time strike sealed a first League One win of the season for Bristol Rovers in a dramatic victory over Charlton at the Valley. Daniel Carnu had cancelled out Scott Sinclair's opener before McCormick struck at the death. Charlton edged the opening 45 minutes and Corey Blackett-Taylor lashed a left-footed shot across the face of goal while Caroy Anderson's in-swinging corner clipped off the top of Matthew Cox's crossbar. The gas went ahead in the 58th minute, with Sinclair turning in from close range after Aaron Collins reacted quickly to set him up following Ashley Maynard Brewer's parry from Anthony Evans's free kick. Sinclair lobbed narrowly wide in pursuit of a second, and Lucas Ness made a fine sliding tackle to deny John Marquis. Addicts forward Carnu, only 18, collected his first league goal, threading past Cox in the 73rd minute from Anderson's pass. 
Charlton manager Dean Holden was booked after Rovers substitute Josh Grant was only shown a yellow for clipping Alfie May, who had hit the post's moment earlier, as he looked to go through on goal. McCormick's winner came in the seventh minute of added time. He chested down Grant Ward's pass in the box and hit a first-time volley beyond Maynard Brower at the near post and at the death. Derby County 1, Oxford United 2. Much fancy, promotion challengers Derby County lost for the second time in three games in the league as Mark Harris struck twice to earn Oxford a deserved win at Pride Park. Harris scored in each half to secure a second win of the campaign before recent Ram signing Martin Waghorn replied late on for the home side. Oxford had the first shot on target in the 17th minute when Marcus Brown forced Joe Wildsmith into a diving save after good build-up play. The visitors deservedly went ahead in the 32nd minute when Curtis Nelson gave the ball away and Cameron Brannigan played in Harris to fire into the top right-hand corner. Derby put Oxford under severe pressure early in the second half, but almost conceded again in the 64th minute when Brown set up Billy Bowden, whose low shot brought another great save from Wildsmith. Oxford's pace and quick passing was rewarded in the 72nd minute when another slick move was converted by Harris low to Wildsmith's left. The Rams responded in the 87th minute after Oxford failed to clear a long throw and Waghorn scored from 15 yards, but it was not enough to save them from a second home league defeat. Northampton Town 2, Lincoln City 2. Former Glover Sam Hoskins scored a 98th minute equaliser as Northampton picked up their first league one point of the season with a dramatic 2 all draw against Lincoln. The visitors led 2-0 at six fields with only four minutes left to play, but Lewis Apiri's smart finish and Hoskins' dramatic salvage deserved a, a got a deserved point for the Cobblers. Northampton made all of the early running and went close through Tyree Simpson and Mitch Pinnock, but Lincoln struck first when Ethan Erahan found Rico Hackett-Fairchild and he brilliantly fired into the top corner from 20 yards. Hoskins glanced a header onto the roof of the net in the first half stoppage time, and somehow the cobblers were not level early in the second half, when Lucas Jensen saved from Pinnock before two follow-up efforts were scrambled off the line. Sam Shering headed against the post from a corner, and Northampton were hit by a sucker punch 12 minutes from time, when Pordy O'Connor headed in Lassie Sorensen's cross. But the home side responded superior, uh, superbly sorry, as Apire finished well with just four minutes to play, and then Hoskins volleyed home with a virtually the last kick of the game to rescue a fully deserved point. Shrewsbury Town 2, Burton Albion 1. Shrewsbury Town returned to winning ways with a 2-1 victory over Burton at the Crowd Meadow. The Shrews lost for the first time against an informed Stevenage at the weekend, but bounced back to hand the Brewers a third straight loss. It was an action-packed start for both sides, but it was Shrewsbury who broke the deadlock after only three minutes. Daniel Udo picked up the ball out wide and drove a low cross to Tom Bayliss, who fired home at the back post. Two minutes later, Burton came close to a leveller when Josh Gordon was one-on-one with Marco Morosi, but the Slovakian goalkeeper made a brilliant save to block the effort. Taylor Perry dazzled the visiting defence in the fourth minute of stoppage time with fancy footwork but his shot was cleared off for a corner. Jordan Shipley floated the set-piece to the back post, and Che Dunkley nodded home to double Shrewsbury's lead. Burton went close in the 56th minute as Joe Powell whipped a corner to the back post, and the ball bounced around before reaching Steve Seddon, whose header hit the bar. The Brewers pulled one back in additional time through Mason Bennett, who made his second debut for the club.
Wickham Wanderers 3, Leighton Orient 2. Leighton Orient remained without a win in the league and had defender Dan Happ and boss Richie Wellens dismissed as they were edged out in defeat by Wickham. Wickham netted their first league goal of this campaign after 15 minutes when centre-half Joe Lowe got the first of his double, reaching Luke Leahy's cross and finishing into the bottom corner. Having drawn blanks in their opening three games in all competitions, Leighton Orient finally broke their duck as Theo Archibald's cross was firmly finished by Rule Sotteru. Hap was then sent off five minutes after the restart for tugging back Dale Taylor when he was the last defender, and Wickham restored their lead when Lowe nodded in another leaky cross in the 68th minute. Taylor appeared to have made the game safe in the last ten minutes by tapping in Josh Scowen's ball across goal, but Sotiru quickly pulled one back by squeezing an effort under Max Stierjek. Richie Wellens' second yellow came at full time, along with assistant and former Glover Paul Terry, as both were dismissed, dismissed sorry, by Thomas Parsons. Portsmouth 1, Exeter City 0. Colby Bishop scored his second goal of the season to fire Portsmouth to a hard-fought win at home to Exeter. With both sides coming into the game unbeaten, it was Bishop who ended Exeter's run with the only goal 20 minutes from time. Bishop rifled home from just inside the box after picking up substitute and former Grecian Jack Sparks' pass with his back to goal. It took under until the 29th minute for Pompey to produce their first effort on goal from either team, as Alex Robertson forced goalkeeper Viljami Sinisalo uh, to, to palm away from 20 yards. Further efforts from Exeter's Dion Rankin and Pompey's Connor Agilvy and Robertson failed to break the deadlock. In what turned out to be a pulsating second half, it was Exeter who nearly opened the scoring after 63 minutes, but Zach Jules headed straight into Will Norris's arms. Exeter had two golden chances to snatch a point when captain Will Ameson headed over the, from two yards out before Pierce Sweeney's header forced a brilliant save from Norris. And finally, Reading won, Cheltenham Town nil. Reading claimed their first league victory in almost six months when they edged past Cheltenham in, le in the league. With Cheltenham offering little going forward, Reading dominated the first half and went in front in the 33rd minute through a deflected own goal from Cheltenham midfielder Will Ferry. Neither side impressed in an uninspiring second period, with Reading just about doing enough to merit their rare win. Reading had not won since the 3-1 success over Blackpool in the Championship back in late February, a barren run of 15 games. Defender Matty Carson strove forward purposely early on and unleashed a fierce 20-yard drive that Luke Southwood, the former Royals keeper, did well to turn away. But Southwood had no chance when, after a mazy run from Reading's Caelan Vickers, Ferry inadvertently looped the ball over him and into the net. Struggling Cheltenham, without a point this term, improved marginally after the interval, but were toothless in attack, and Reading safely negotiated the nine minutes of added time at the end. Let's have our first interview of the night, and I think we'll make it a rather pleased Reading manager, Ruben Sellers. Well, Ruben, congratulations, the first league winner this season. It's uh, yeah, a, good, a good night for the club. Yeah, absolutely. I think it has been a good performance. Our boys uh, did a great job. They play when they need to play, they press when they need to press, and they suffer to keep the clean sheet when they need it. They manage the game in the proper way, and we are happy for that. And a young team, and you mentioned those things, that, you know, those are hallmarks of a mature team. You know, a young team did all the right things today. Uh, the age is something that is very relative. You have players 18 or 19 that they are old, and then we have players with 32 and they look young. 
and then we show with that everybody they got the energy to play for this team and it doesn't matter if they are 18, 19 or 32, they all have the same emotion and the same intention and when we do things together we can beat anybody. And those guys, you know, obviously there were a lot of changes to the start in 11. I guess these guys must have been impressing you in you know, the Millwall game, training, pre-season. That's why they're in the team, right? I think, uh, and I said that many times, I think everybody's doing a really good job, especially the young players that have been with us for the last two months now. They have been working, have been really, I have been really hard with them, trying to push them forward. And then there's a moment when they just connect everything and they show how competitive they are. And then it's my time to make decisions. I think you said in pre-season, you know, being a young, talented player is one thing, but you've got to be better than the other players to get in the team, right? Absolutely, and that's how they, why we all of a sudden have a good squad that can compete for the position, but they can compete against any opponent in the league. Mm -hmm. and, and playing against Cheltenham tonight, you know, the goal we scored probably reminds you a little bit of the goals we conceded, you know, just uh, in a little bit lucky, but you make that luck. Absolutely, I think we make our luck. I think we, we create those situations. We press the goal is coming from a long ball, then we win the header, we fight for the second ball, we pray forward, and then we end up in the box. And then when you're in the box, things happen. And it was not the most beautiful, probably not the most clear goal, but it's our goal. And then we will take it some other times the goal go that, go, that luck go, that, go against you. I think today we got it because we deserve it. And obviously in the second half, Cheltenham had some, some good spells, put on some, some pressure. But I think the team did well to, to kind of ride that out as well. Yeah, I think in this league uh, we, we face teams that are very direct. I think they found the directness in a couple of situations with uh, keeping some set plays against us. And I think we manage it well, we defend the goal. And then sometimes it's not only about how you can propose things in possession, it's also about how well can you defend. That's why we try always to be very aggressive in our pressing because uh, we know we are not a team that can speculate with the result and then stay low and defend crosses for 95, 100 and two minutes, I think it was today. Yeah. Uh, so we want to be proactive and that's where we were today. And obviously getting the win here at home too, you know, that's, that's what you want. You want to build your kind of season around good performances, good results at home because that's, uh, you know, get the crowds in and stuff and it was a good, good atmosphere tonight, wasn't it? I think it was really good. I think the crowd has been always with us. Uh, I'd say that from the very beginning. I think they like to see us playing, they like to see the intensity and uh, we gave them the first victory today. I think it's a day to celebrate for all of us. But tomorrow we need to go back to work and then be ready for the weekend. That's it, because lastly, yeah, you know, it doesn't never stops in the chat in the in League One here. We've got you know a couple of days' time and we're, and we're back here against Steve Ninja team. We've I think I've got a perfect start to the season so far, a really tough one. Yeah, it's always difficult, but we are also gonna be a difficult team to play against. So we just need to be ready with the rest tomorrow and then prepare the game as usual to try to beat them. Thanks for being seen. Thank you. Thank you very much. So then. How does the League One table look after three games? Well, there are three teams with three wins from three. Sat atop of the tree with a goal difference of eight after only three games sit Bolton Wanderers. Second place are Peterborough United and third are Stevenage. The only other team that remain unbeaten are Portsmouth, who sit in fourth with seven points. Three, twin, three teams with two wins from three, and they are Cambridge, Oxford and Shrewsbury. At the bottom, there are three teams who are yet to pick up any points this season. They are Cheltenham Town in 21st, Cheltenham Leighton Orient in 22nd, and Burton Albion in 23rd. Wigan Athletic still sit at the bottom, although have done pretty well so far, albeit with now a minus one from three uh, from uh, 
uh, minus one points, having started on minus eight, there we go, we got there in the end, which would have put them traditionally in fourth. And of course, we won't continue to remind you, but you will remember that Wigan started with a minus eight uh, points due to financial issues that have carried over from the season before. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. And so we will move on to League Two and we'll start with Accrington Stanley 1, Barrow 1. Substitute Emil Aqua's late goal preserved Barrow's unbeaten start in the league as they had to settle for a one all draw at Accrington Stanley. The Bluebirds had won both of their opening league encounters, yet looked to be heading for a defeat after Sean McConville's first half goal until the late leveller. The last time these two faced each other in the Football League was back in 1961-62, then the Old Division 4, and a campaign in which Sandley unfortunately resigned from the league in their original guise. This was not, there was not a shot on target until the Reds took the lead in the 36th minute. Tommy Lee's ball was in, headed down by Jay Rich Baghuelos. Baghuelo, there you go. It deflected off David Worrell and McConville was there to tap the ball over the line. Barrow pressed thereafter and their best chance the first half coming when Gerard Gardner's long-range effort went narrowly over the bar. The game livened up after the break, but chances were still at the premium, until Barrow equalised with their first shot on target in the 87th minute. Junior Tysneria, um, Tienzia, there you go, Tienzia, I will read today, fed the ball into fellow substitute Aqua, and he fired the ball into the far corner of the net. Colchester United 2, AFC, no, we'll start that again, Colchester United 0, AFC Wimbledon. Two. Former Glover James Tilly scored twice as AFC Wimbledon recorded their first league victory of the season with a 2-0 victory at Colchester. The Dons started well and Colchester goalkeeper Owen Goodman made a fine save to deny Omar Bugil. But Colchester almost went ahead in the 19th minute through John Akinde who was foiled by close range by goalkeeper Alex Bass. The game ebbed and flowed, and Goodman got down low at his near post to save Tilly's effort, while Amali Little's low strike flashed wide soon after. Colchester then spurned a great chance when Joe Taylor fired a low shot past the post from the edge of the area. AFC Wimbledon went ahead in the 54th minute through Tilly, who converted from close range after another former glover, Josh Neufill, had escaped down the left and crossed. Tilly then doubled the Don's lead with five minutes remaining when he finished clinically after being fouled by Neufil in the area. Neufil's strike rattled the underside of the bar in stoppage time as Wimbledon claimed their first away league win since the 29th of December last year, which also came at Colchester. 
So, I think we'll have our first player interview of the night, and I think it's only appropriate that we interview a former Glover, and this is in the form of Josh Neuville of AFC Wimbledon. Josh, you just emerged from a very victorious dressing room there. Two assists for yourself tonight. You hit the crossbar as well. You enjoyed that one? Yeah, I think um, that was uh, what we were looking for. That was the win that we were was coming. Um, I think you could see from the Coventry game, the belief in the group, um, and the fans again today were unbelievable. Um, but I think that's what this group's got, um, so much talent. And I think in the first half, we could have had one or two then. So I think it just topped off a good performance all round. James Tilly absolutely brimming with confidence at the moment. Three goals now in two games for him. Yeah, I think um, that's what you can see what he brings to the team. That's why he's brought in. Um, three goals in two games, and you probably could have more, do you know what I mean? I think in the first half, he had two shots where he could have scored. And I think that's, that shows what type of players that have been brought into the club, especially with James. He's got that ability. You come here, you really have to work for a win here, don't you? The likes of Fevrier and Akinde, they really test you, don't they? Yeah, I think I come here last year and we were 3-0 down within the first half or something like that. So it's a tough place to come. And on the ball, they're very good. Um, they look to play and they look to go long into Akinde as well, which we had to deal with at times. And I think Joe and Jono at the back done dealt with that terrifically well. And I think you can see towards the end of the half, the second half, we had to defend the box and we had to defend the middle of the pitch. And I think that's, that's what this team's about. Our shape off the ball is unbelievable and it's another clean sheet. And I think that's, that's what we're looking to do. Yeah, absolutely. Praise as well, as you say, there for the defence and for Alex Bass. I mean, he looks so assured in goal, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it's a credit to Bassey and the back four. Oggs, Jono and Pip. Obviously, Pearcey was, Pearcey was a part of that as well. And I think you can see even with Reeves and Mans, that the, the shape we've got off the ball is, is as good as it is on the ball. And I think you've seen that from Grimsby and that's building each week. And I think it's something a credit to the coaches what we're learning and training, which we're bringing onto the pitch. Good to give the gaffer a win on his birthday as well. Yeah, I think it's, it's always nice to get a win, regardless of his birthday. But I think it's, it tops off a good birthday, do you know what I mean? Um, especially coming here and it puts us in good stead going into Sutton, a big game for us on Saturday. And it's the one we want to win again. Well, that's it for yourself, of course, and Omar as well. It's a team thing, but going back there to Sutton on Saturday, you must be relishing that one, yeah? Yeah, I think that's what we, you come into, um, come into the club to do, to win these type of games. Um, games that mean a lot to the football club. And that's what, not just me and Omar, but everyone, a part of the team, we want to win those type of games. I think we got beat t twice last year, um, home and away, and I don't think the boys are happy with that. So that's something we want to rectify this season. Crawley Town 2, Milton Keynes Dons. One. Danilo Orsi hit the winner as Crawley made it two wins out of three in the league to go third into the table, with a home win over previously unbeaten McDonald's. The Reds, desperate to make up for their worst ever placing since entering the league in 2011, turned on the style as under-fire cone owner Preston Johnson looked on for the first time this season. Midfielder Liam Kelly had a shot tipped over the bar by keeper Craig McGilvery, before the Reds opened the scoring in the 16th minute. Nick Tazarula gave McGilvery no chance with an angled shot into the far corner after an exchange of pass with Orsi. The Dons level with their first meaningful attack on 27 minutes through Mo Iser, who raced through on to pass from strike partner Jonathan Laco to hit his third goal of the season. Iser's shot lacked power, and although Corey Adai got a hand to the ball, it trickled into the net. Tuzarula forced goalkeeper Craig McGilvery to make a scrambling save before Orsi restored Crawley's lead with his first goal for the club on 52 minutes, with a well-placed effort into the corner of the net after an assist by Dom Telford.
The Dons later had a let-off when defender Jay Williams headed powerfully against the bar from a free kick by Will Wright. Former Grimsby striker Orsi was denied a second goal in the last minute of normal time when his goal-bound shot was saved by McGilvery. Crew Alexander 4, Newport County 2. Mickey Dimitri returned to haunt former club Newport with two goals for his new side, Crew. Dimitri pounced when goalkeeper Nick Townsend spilled a free kick, and although Will Evans headed Newport level, Dimitri then volleyed home Joel Taberner's free kick. Chris Long added a third Crew goal from the penalty spot after Ryan Delaney brought down Elliot Nevitt. Nevitt then tucked away a fourth before Harry Chansley scored for Newport. Doncaster Rovers 2, Mansfield Town 2. Mansfield twice came from behind to continue their unbeaten start to the League 2 season with a draw at Doncaster Rovers. Nigel Clough's side arguably had the better of the attacking play throughout but were forced to fight back in an entertaining clash. Tom Nixon and Joe Ironside struck for Rovers either side of Lewis Reed's equaliser before George Maris salvaged the Stags a point late on. Doncaster took the lead with a stunning strike from debutant Nixon. The hull lone chested down a half-clearance and smashed home on the volley in the 20th minute. Mansfield equalised after 42 minutes as Reed headed home across from Reese Oates at the back post. The visitors were the more threatening side in the early stage of the second half, with substitute Will Swan twice going close. But it was host Doncaster who retook the lead when Ironside reacted quickest to Tommy Rowe's block shot and fired past Christy Pym in the 76th minute. Mansfield took just four minutes to find their second equaliser as space opened up for substitute Maris to fire in from 20 yards. Forest Green Rovers 1, Swindon Town 2. Swindon produced a fine second-half comeback to beat 10-man Forest Green in an enthralling, relatively local derby in League 2. A stoppage time strike from Fraser Blake Tracy following Dan Kemp's equalising tapping saw the Robins get their first win of the campaign. Matty Stevens opening the scoring for Rovers, but Harvey Bunker's second-half red card changed the course of the game. Stevens put the hosts ahead in the 14th minute with a fine finish that nestled into the far corner after Swindon's defence gave him half a yard of space inside the area. George McEachran almost levelled with a fizzing strike from distance that cannoned off the crossbar. Experienced Swindon forward Charlie Austin was denied a superb solo goal after a fine chest and volley that was diverted over the crossbar by a one-handed Luke Daniels save. Austin's heavened effort was denied spectacularly by Daniels again, but Kemp was on hand to tap home a leveller two minutes into the second half. And Bunker then picked up a second yellow following a mistimed tackle in midfield on the hour mark. Defender Blake Tracy firing home a left-footed effort from 25 yards in the fourth minute of added time to spark scenes of jubilation in the away end. Forest Green most certainly will be looking to get uh, more consistent goals going through their team and as of the day of recording and therefore tomorrow the day before this programme goes out they have announced the player coach signing of a certain Troy Deeney. Grimsby Town 2, Salford City 0. Grimsby picked up their first League 2 win of the season with victory over 10-man Salford at Blundell Park. Abu Isa was at the double for Grimsby, scoring in each half, as Salford midfielder Osama Ashley saw red early soon after the restart for a second bookable offence. Chances were few and far between in the opening stages, but Grimsby managed to break the deadlock after 20 minutes, 
when Isis struck first time and saw a 25-yarder fly past goalkeeper Alex Cairns via deflection. Adrian Mariapa and Curtis Tilt both took aim in reply, but a routine save from Jake Eastwood and last-ditch block from Luke Waterfall thwarted them as Conor McElhenney dragged wide the best chance for a Salford equaliser. Ashley was shown two yellow cards, one either side of the break, and his dismissal left Salford with a mountain to climb. Grimsby pushed and probed for a second, and it came with 25 minutes left to play, as winger Iser cut inside and slotted neatly into the far corner. Morecambe nil, Notts County nil. Morecambe and Notts County settled for a point each after a battling goalless draw at the Mazuma. In a game of few chances, it was the Magpies who went closest to taking maximum points when Jody Jones hit the crossbar from eight yards out after getting onto the end of Aaron Nemain's cross on 49 minutes. The Shrimps' best effort came from young, on-loan Burnley striker Michael Mellon, who turned sharply in the box before fizzing an effort inches wide of the left pan post with 18 minutes to go. The first half saw the Magpies produce the better chances, with the experienced David McGoldrick twice going close to giving his side the lead. The striker turned in a main right-wing cross well at full stretch and fired inches wide from distance after linking up well with Dan Crowley. Macaulay Langstaff forced Shrimps keeper Stuart Moore into a smart safe from close range at, with a close-range header, and Jones fired over the edge of the box after cutting in from the left-hand side. Morecambe also went close on 26 minutes, when Eli King curled in an effort just wide of the left hand of the area. So, we will have another interview for us now, and this time it is with Notts County boss Luke Williams. Luca, put on the road, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy enough because I thought we played some uh, quality football. Uh, just too many, too many mistakes. Because in the game, when the game is like this, you have to concentrate. And the concentration is, the level of concentration is not there yet. It's not there yet, not quite. But I, I'm not disappointed with the players. Only that I know that we, we still have more progression to make to, to, to win a game like this. I have to concentrate more. Mistakes whereabout on the pitch are you referring to? Well, we, give a, we kick the ball off for a corner. We give a foul so they can put the ball into the box. Not necessary. We uh, make too many routine passes uncomfortable for the guy received, receiving the ball and then everything slows down and uh, we miss one or two too many passes that can change the game but that one is not as that one doesn't hurt me as much as more the unforced errors and we allow too many set pieces for the opposition um, because of sloppy play how do you feel that you rectify them or do you think that, that will just happen when you play more games at this level? Yeah, I think that, that I'm, I'm really happy with how the guys are in general. Uh, I'm really happy with how they are. Um, but yeah, we, we, need to, we, we need a few more, hopefully a few more games to really sharpen up focus, concentration. And, um, and then we, I think we can go to a, a better level. Would you say overall it was a good a good performance? There was a lot of like reverse passes and stuff like that, which we saw a lot of last season and maybe not seen so much of so far this. A lot of like reverse passes in behind. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good attacking actions. Yeah. Um, 
I think we've done that really well in the Grimsby game. Uh, I, I think we did. I think we we made uh, we made a lot of good actions in the box. And yeah, today again, especially when they had uh, a lot of players quite deep in the pitch, compact the pitch to deny space. But I feel like we still still found some good openings, but we didn't do enough to score. So that's disappointing. But yeah, some really good play. So yeah, I, I, I'm not disappointed with the with the players. I just know that we need to focus more and concentrate more, and then we can we can maybe come away with a victory. I know you mentioned a few defensive mistakes, but I guess another positive is that you've conceded seven goals so far in the league, but a clean sheet tonight. Yeah, definitely. 100% is improvement because we um, we really were were strong and tough in the box, particularly when, because we had to face too many corners and uh, free kicks, wide free kicks, because, like I said, we made a few too sloppy, too many sloppy errors. And... Uh, yeah, then we defended really well like that. And then I think I think that when we turned the ball over, periods of the game, for sure, there was periods of the game where we turned the ball over in the final third and win it back very quickly. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. But we need to, we need more. No Richard Brindley in the squad tonight. Was that just a precautionary thing? Yeah, precautionary because I think more so the Lincoln game. He took some heavy knocks and. Uh, he was suffering in the Grimsby game. Managed to get through this one, but. I think um, after the after the Grimsby game was uh, too too much discomfort. That back three that then didn't have him to, in tonight was kind of plays in th- different ways throughout the game. Is that a good thing that you have that at your disposal? You can kind of play that back three in in whatever order you wish. Well, I think Richard Brinley didn't play in the middle of the back three before until Grimsby. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, Adam Chickson, no problem. And then we decide just to change. Adam Chickson and Aidan because uh, there, there seem to be some gaps in the middle of the pitch that Aidan is more experienced, more natural to drive through. I think to ask Adam Chickson in the first time that he's played in that position to start like really driving forward was un- unfair for me to do that. So we changed. But then I didn't think it caused us really a problem. I, f- I still think we looked like uh, everyone understood their role. So that's, that was a positive. Stockport County 1, Bradford City 1. Stockport got their first point of the season as a late equaliser from Isaac Alofe and Ben Hinchcliffe's penalty save earned a one-all draw against Bradford. Former Glover Alex Patterson's third goal in as many games had put the Bantams in front, but substitute Alofe's reply was at least the home side deserved. Bradford goalkeeper Harry Lewis pulled off a good save to smother Will Collar's downward header from Macaulay Southern Hales's cross as Stockport made a fast start. Louis Barry sent a dangerous ball through the six-yard box before the visitors began to get into their stride. Bradford's best chance of the half came on 40 minutes when Andy Cook glanced wide from Kieran Clark's cross. But the Bantams took the lead two minutes into the second half, as Richie Smallwood played Cook wide and his low cross was fired home by Patterson. Lewis reacted well to deny former Glover Paddy Madden from another Southern Hales' cross, but Stockport levelled on 80 minutes when substitute Alefe scored from a corner. Bradford then won a penalty as Ibu Torre brought down Patterson, but it was Hinchcliffe that saved Cook's spot kick. Sutton United nil. Gillingham won. Gillingham maintained their 100% start to the League 2 season and went top of the table with a hard-fought win at Sutton United. Ashley Nadison scored the only goal of the game with a superbly taken 10th-minute finish at the VBS Community Stadium. 
And that's Gander Green Lane to those of us that uh, remember Sutton in the National League. Tom Nichols robbed used defender and former glover Omar Shomi and provided a low cross for Naderson to strike first time. Shomi came close to atoning for his early error when he hooked his shot clear off the line by Scott Malone. Jill's keeper Jake Turner smotheredly angles his effort whilst George Lapsley fired wide of the angle. Sutton substitute Scott Cashkit was denied a goal against his former club by the linesman's flag early in the second half. Later in the second period, the former Wickham man saw a fine volley kept out by Turner as Sutton piled on the pressure for an equaliser. But Gillingham saw out a third consecutive 1-0 win in the league, and the Kent club are the only side in the division to have won their first three games. Tramia Rovers 3, Harrogate Town 0. Tramia Rovers recorded their first win of the season at the third attempt with a victory over Harrogate at Prenton Park. In a lively opening, the home side looked the more threatening, coming close through Christian Dennis and Kieran Morris. And Rovers' pressure eventually told in the 24th minute when the unchallenged Luke Norris headed home Connor Jennings' cross at the far post. Just two minutes later, the home side doubled their lead when Sam Taylor raced clear to slot the ball under Harrogate goalkeeper Mark Oxley. After the restart, Harrogate looked the more dangerous, with chances falling to Liam Gibson, Ibi Oddo and Luke Armstrong, while Matty Folds' free kick rattled the crossbar. But the game was put beyond doubt in the 89th minute, when Morris fired home to ensure Ian Dawes' side picked up their first three points of the new campaign, while inflicting a second consecutive defeat on Simon Weaver's men. And finally, Wrexham 4, Walsall 2. Wrexham earned their first League 2 win of the season and a first at this level since 2008 as they swept past Walsall in a highly entertaining encounter. Will Boyle's header and a brilliantly measured lobbed volley by Ollie Palmer put the host 2-0 up after 20 minutes, but Chris Hussey hit back for Walsall by finishing a smartly worked short corner. Walsall's Ryan Sturk hit the post with a superb long-range effort early in the second half, before Jake Birkerstaff's neat turn and finish restored Wrexham's two-goal lead. The game was played at a relentless pace with chances at both ends, and Elliot Lee all but sealed victory for Wrexham with a well-struck fourth from the edge of the penalty area, meaning Anthony Ford's own goal was nothing more than a consolation for Walsall. While Wrexham had beaten Wigan on penalties here in the Carabao Cup a week earlier, they were still searching for a first league victory of the season, having lost and drawn their first two games. That heightened the sense of expectation at the racecourse, which was abuzz with another sellout crowd of more than 10,000 people, including a vocal travelling contingent from Warsaw. Wrexham responded to the lively atmosphere with a dominant start, bossing possession and pounding the opposition goal from set pieces. After Lee and Boyle had headers saved by Owen Evans, Boyle got the better of the Walsall keeper, with a looping header to put Wrexham in front after eight minutes. The second goal was a beauty. Hussey's clearing header only went as far as Palmer, 20 yards from the Walsall goal, and Evans was way off his line. The Wrexham striker lifted a perfectly weighted volley over the top of the keeper's head and into the net. Hussey redeemed himself, though, swiftly, as four minutes later, Isaac Hutchinson's short corner was helped out by Freddie Draper into the path of the Walsall defender, who scored with a sweet first-time finish. The visitors started the second half as strongly as they finished the first, with Sturk striking the post with a dipping volley before Donovan Daniels' rebound was saved by Ben Foster. Despite being under pressure, Wrexham still posed an attacking threat with their score as a fair third, as Jacob Mendy's cross from the left was controlled by Birkerstaff, who fired a sharp past Evans' legs. 
Much of the delight of the noisy home supporters, Wrexham kept pushing for more goals, and after Billy Waters shot wide after a rapid break, Lee got his goal in his busy period performance and his busy performance and period deserved, as he found the bottom corner from the edge of the area. Ford turned a Warsaw cross into his own net to momentarily curb the celebrations, but this night belonged to Wrexham and their fans as they savoured a first victory in the EFL after 15 years away. Now, I appreciate we won't necessarily put uh, an unduly level of uh, publicity onto Wrexham, as many media outlets have chosen to do, but we will uh, roar them for the occasional interview, just as we do, or we try to do, with every other EFL side. So, let's have theirs now, and it'll be in the form of uh, Wrexham midfielder Elliot Lee. Elliot, a 4-2 win tonight against Warsaw, another goal for yourself. Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, obviously I think you can you can tell that um, the lads are again fitter and stronger. We obviously were all disappointed with the first the first game of the season against MK Dons. We were, we were miles off there as a team and and we don't want to be like that. We want any team that comes to the race course to, to be like last season. It's a fortress here and there's no easy games. Um, but yeah, we 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 reacted in, in the right way to the MK Dons defeat. We we backed up with a good performance against Wigan, and then it was a it was a looking back now, it's a it's a, it's a point earned at Wimbledon because we thought we should have won. But any time you get a point on the road, you want to back it up with a win. And we did that tonight and another good performance. So we just want to keep building building on these as a building blocks as a team. We're we're getting fitter, we're getting stronger every day, and we just want to keep building on that and, and hopefully another good performance and a win on Saturday. It must be pleasing from your perspective to see those building blocks coming to fruition on the pitch as well, getting that win against Wigan, the good points on the road at Wimbledon, then tonight another clinical performance. Yeah, I think everyone can see how we're getting better. Um, obviously, we had a fantastic pre-season in America, but uh, I think you could tell from uh, the MK Dons game the lads were maybe a bit tired, a bit jet-lagged, um, and, and now we're, we're, we're building the season, and, and we're nowhere near our ceiling at the minute, but um, like I said, we're getting fitter every day, we're getting stronger, we're getting more together as a team, and... Um, yeah, just uh, it's great to build on the point of Wimbledon because, like I said, whenever you get a point, you want to you want to follow that up with a win, and we did that tonight. And now we want to finish off a good week on Saturday with another win. Now scoring four goals at home is always good, but there were four goals with real quality, including your own. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you can you can tell all the stuff we're working on in training. We're trying to get better every day, and um, it was a real good performance tonight, and one we owed the fans because of obviously the MK Dons game. But uh, no, it's, it's fantastic to be on the score sheet, and there were some fantastic performances out there tonight. And, and like I said, it's all building blocks, and um, hopefully it all leads to a, to a successful season. We're just going to try and get better every day and, and, and every game, and, and I think you can see that. Will Boyle got the opener tonight on his home debut. Just what's it been like seeing him settle around the squad and getting a goal this evening? Yeah, like uh, like most of the lads that, that the gaffer and, and, and the recruitment bring in, he's, he's a great lad. He's he's fit in so easily. I mean, as long as you're a good lad, it's not hard to fit in our dressing room. So um, he's he's been brilliant around the boys, and and, and he obviously picked up a little calf niggle which kept him out of the MK Dons game, but. Um, He's been fantastic the last two games and he's still building his fitness. But yeah, he, he, he deserved his goal and like I said, I can't speak highly enough of him. Another goal scorer, Jake Baker. Staff have seen the progression over the last couple of years with Jake, especially this season, and then getting that goal tonight must have been a special feeling for everyone. Yeah, no, Baker's 100% deserves his chance. He's been fantastic in training, he's been patient and uh, obviously while Super, while Super Paul's out, we need we need someone banging the goals and absolutely delighted for because he, he works hard every day and we see that every day in training. He, he's sharp in the box, he uses his body well. He runs the channels and I'm um, absolutely delighted for him. He, he deserves that goal tonight and, and hopefully it's the first of many. 
for Ollie, another audacious strike from him and another cool and composed finish for yourself. Yeah, a few of the lads said it was his first touch that went in, but uh, <laughs> getting away from it, <laughs> he didn't like it. But uh, no, again, buzzing for all. I think he just said in there it's been a while since he scored, so it's, um, I think it was more of a relief for him and, and he put in a great performance and it's always great when your strikers are scoring. Like I said, he, he deserves that. He works hard every day as well. And, while well, well, we got pulled out, we need the goals coming from everywhere. So um, it's great to see both strikers scoring tonight and long may it continue. And then it was getting that first three points of the season. It's a perfect building block going into Saturday's game. Yeah, yeah, no, like we, we, we got a point on the board on, on Saturday and we backed that up with a win. So um, we're hoping to finish off a good week with another three points and, and keep building from there. Thanks, Ellie. Congratulations. Cheers. So let's take a look at the League 2 table and as we already said in the initial analysis there is only one team in League 2 that have won all three games and that is the team of Gillingham with a goal difference of three. There are two teams however who are still presently unbeaten in the form of Barrow and Crawley and they sit second and third. MK Dons with two wins from three and they are in fourth. Five points for Mansfield, Crewe and AFC Wimbledon. At the wrong end of the table, one team are yet to pick up any points, but in fairness to them, they've had one game less, and that is the form of Colchester United. Two teams have only picked up one point, that is Stockport, who are just outside of the drop zone, and Doncaster, who've got minus five after only three matches. Now, something we didn't mention in the original part of the programme is mainly because I forgot that we've actually got a Carabao Cup game for us to cover. Now, if you remember rightly, we covered them this time last week when we had all of the matches, but we had one that for some reason had spilt over um, that took place on Wednesday the 16th of August. Not entirely sure why. Nevertheless, that finished Queen's Park Rangers nil, Norwich City... One, Norwich City edged past championship rivals QPR with a 99th minute goal in a low-key Carabao Cup first round meeting. With penalties looming, substitute Jonathan Rowe headed in the last action at Loftus Road in a game that only sprung to life in the closing stages. The Canaries had made eight changes after Saturday's epic four-all draw at Southampton, while their hosts handed starts to seven players who were on the bench in Saturday's 2-1 victory at Cardiff. Rowe's third goal in as many games, and the second stoppage time winner, booked Norwich's second round trip to face Bristol City at Ashton Gate on the 29th of August. Norwich started the stronger, as Kenny McLean sent an acrobatic volley over the bar, and the 32nd minute substitute Onel Hernandez volleyed a Primishlaw placator cross strike at straight at Jordan Archer. At the other end, Elijah Dixon Bonner lashed a volley past the post. Adam Ida had a shot deflected wide before the break for the visitors, and then early in the second half, Albert Adoma's cross was nodded down by Dixon Bonner for a stooping QPR forward Lyndon Dykes, who was denied his third straight goal in this fixture by Angus Gunn. However, Scottish international Dykes had to come off just after the hour mark with what appeared to be a knee injury. Teenager Norwich fullback Kellen Fisher fizzed over the bar for Joe Walsh, who replaced Archer in the hoops goal at half time before Hernandez was forced off after a heavy fall. Rose saw a shot blocked by Ashley Bar and Ashley Barnes, sorry, headed one chance wide from a corner and blazed another over the bar as Norwich piled on late pressure. Walsh, thwart Walsh thwarted Gabriel Sara and Placata fired across the face of goal in stoppage time. That was just time for Rowe to head home. Fisher's perfect cross with his last touch of the game. Another interview for you now, and it is with QPR boss Gareth Ainsworth. At the end of a match where there were so few chances, how tough is that to take? Really tough, but 
for the players, I'm I'm okay. I think that this is a proud night for QPR, a real proud night. And the boys we had on at the end of the game there, some of these some of these academy players, some of these players who've been desperate for a start, Ryan Collins, Alex Ahoris, you know, and they look at the bench we had to put on. And the opposition are putting Sargent and Rowe and, and Ashley Barnes on, you know. I'm really, really pumped tonight because that's a really good night for QPR. OK, we've lost the game. I'm, I'm not stupid. I know we've lost the game in the last second. But the way that those boys performed, some have really opened my eyes tonight, you know. The one the one moment that uh, I'm regretting is Lyndon Dykes limping off. But, you know, you can't just put a, a team of... Of, of, of you know of the, of the youth team out. We, we've got to be competitive in this game. We tried to be. There was plan changes, and uh, we uh, we've given a right goal tonight. I'm so pleased that the uh, the fans gave the boys a round of applause at the end there because they deserve it. You know, there's there's a 19 year old there, an 18 year old on the pitch at the end there. Joel Walsh is making his debut. Zed Larkesh, I thought had a great debut. Um, there's some some names in that Irish team, but I think there's some future names in the QPR team, and that that makes me proud. I've got to ask you about Lyndon Dykes because we haven't got that many strikers. Is there any news you can share? No, he, he, I've just spoken to him. Um, he's feeling it's it's not as bad as having to come off. You know, I think he uh, he slipped. He said on the surface rather than a tackle. I think there was a tackle just before, but I think the slip after that is. Uh, is I don't know exactly what he's done, but I'm hoping he'll be fit. He seems pretty confident that it's not as bad as first thought, which is great. Um, but if he does miss, I've I've got. A, Selection headache with some of these young players. I mean, for me, like Ryan Colley and Alex Ahura, they've been waiting, they've been playing development games. Um, everyone's heard about them and know about them. Alex is a, an um, Iraq international, and Ryan's the, the build is, is one of the next uh, next good things to come out of our academy. I thought they both were, were great, you know. Joel Walsh as well. Like I say, young boys uh, making their debuts. Really, really proud, and QPR fans should be proud of that tonight. The crowd did stick with the team, a crowd of not far short of 8,000. It shows that they're behind you and they're behind the players. What are you looking for from the fans against Ipswich on Saturday? The same as I'm looking for from the players. Commitment, support, um, belief, you know, standards that we've now set. I'm not going to ask the players to go out and repeat their standards if I'm not going to ask the crowd to go and repeat their standards. You were brilliant tonight, crowd. You kept with the boys, the songs, the chanting, the singing. I mean, Norwich travelled in good numbers tonight and probably expected to turn us over. Wow, there was no way we were going to lie down tonight. You know, there was some energy, there was some enthusiasm. I thought they were they were they were shocked by what we gave them tonight. And uh, this place is uh, this place is turning slowly. I'm telling you, I can't wait till people start thinking. What's happened at QPR? Because everyone thought they were dead and buried. We're going to do some good things this season. And with players like that coming on the pitch, giving all they've got, people cramping up. I mean, all I can ask as a manager. And I thought on the ball, we played really well, played some really nice stuff. Could have had a couple of goals, you know, there was a couple of good chances out there. And we really restricted Norwich from shots from distance. Apart from in the, the 109th minute or whatever it was, on the 100th minute where um, the cross is coming in. You know, if it was written, it was written. Devastated that we had to sub Linden through an injury. He was due to come off about two minutes later from uh, from a planned one, but um, everyone else has come unscathed and uh, we'll be strong on Saturday again. You've spoken about some of the young players. What role can they play this season? 
they're going to have to play roles. So it's not what they can play. They're going to be needed, you know. Um, I was pleased for Taylor, Elijah, you know, who've, who've been craving minutes from me, you know. Like I said, Joe Gubbins, Aaron Drew got another, uh, another, you know, um, appearance, which is good for him. Stevie Duke McKenna, where everyone's been and looking at for that energy, you know. So there's some real talent out there. There is, honestly. And uh, and they're going to push these, these, these older boys. And... You know, God forbid we have a season like we did last year with injuries. I think we're 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 in a good place. We're we're not getting any muscle stuff. We're 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 doing really well on that side of things. But if we do, they're next in line. They're coming in. You know, this uh, this is what we're going to have to rely on. But I was proud tonight, and I thought they competed and matched at times what is a, a very good championship side. Really pleased. We're out the cup. Um, some say that might be a good thing. I'd love to get to the next round. That would have been brilliant. You know what? Well, that would have been perfect night you know with the win with the youngsters out there but um wasn't to be let's get back on it Saturday I'm sure we're gonna have a full house first home game of the season please get behind us these boys deserve it their standards are high now their commitment's high and their belief is really really through the roof they really believe they can go on and win games and uh lucky enough to rest some tonight which was good I think Chrissy Willocks on, on his way back Jake Clark Salter uh Jimmy you know there's there's some good players that we've got in the treatment room just about to come back to add to what I think is a great squad, and uh, hopefully we can turn it switch over on Saturday. We just have enough time to go through all of the fixtures that are taking place this weekend. We'll start with the Championship, and we've got Leeds United on the Friday night taking on West Bromwich Albion in front of the Sky Sports cameras. The lunchtime game is in a all-southerner tie between Plymouth Argyle and Southampton. Three o'clock games of Blackburn Rovers, Hull, Bristol City versus Birmingham, Leicester taking on Cardiff, Middlesbrough entertain uh, Neil Warnock's Huddersfield for the second time this season, QPR take on Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday have Preston, Stoke have Watford, Sunderland have got Rotherham United and Swansea taking on Coventry City. The Sunday game is between Norwich and Millwall. Let's move on to League One then, and we have a 12.30 kickoff on Saturday of Bolton Wanderers versus Wigan in a Lancashire derby. Barnsley taking on Oxford United, Blackpool face Leighton Orient, Cambridge United taking on Bristol Rovers. One of the longest trips in all of English football will be see Carlisle United have Exeter City as their visitors. Charlton Athletic taking on Port Vale, Derby have got Fleetwood Town, Northampton going a short trip to Peterborough United, Portsmouth taking on Cheltenham, Reading faced Stevenage, Shrewsbury Town have got Lincoln, and finally Wickham Wanderers have got Burton Albion. And on to League Two. We've got Accrington Stanley against Harrogate Town. Nice easy one across the Pennines there. Colchester United taking on MK Dons. Crawley have got Gillingham. Crew Alexander taking on Warsaw. Doncaster Rovers have got Notts County. Forest Green Rovers have got one of their shorter trips of the season against Newport County. Grimsby Town have got Mansfield. Morecambe taking on Bradford City. Stockport County have got Barrow. Sutton United taking on AFC Wimbledon. Tramia Rovers have got Salford. And finally, Wrexham taking on Swindon Town. But with that, that brings us to the end of this weekend's EFL preview. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it. Plenty of fixtures for us to have covered. I'll be back this t- uh, on Monday to have gone through all of the fixtures across all three divisions where we inevitably will see the same usual level of goals, uh, except, um, controversial matters and all-round overall excitement that we come to expect every single week here in the EFL. But until then, I hope you have a lovely weekend. Thank you very much for listening. 
and goodbye.